Hello, and welcome to New Hope Christian Fellowship with Pastor John Gilbert. You all right, ready, Liam? Let me stand here. All right? You set that up. Okay, Hosea chapter 10. It's been a theme. Over the last month, we've been talking about revival. Have you noticed I've been doing that? I'm sure you have. So it's kind of like following that theme through. And um, a lot of things going on in society. Wally was reminding me earlier on. Seems to be a breakdown in many things. Running out of fuel, no lorry drivers, no gas. No, no uh, people from Europe, they've all gone. Organisation seems to have vanished. Boilers breaking down. Boilers breaking down, everyone's, everyone's breaking down. There's a lot going on. The Covid scenario, I mean, that we, I haven't even mentioned that, I mentioned all these other things, and then you've got the Covid, many people died. Uh, they say the NHS is under great strain. Oh, we must save the NHS. It's important to save the NHS. I thought the NHS was saving us. There's been a twist around. We've got to save the NHS. The NHS is to save us, save our lives when we're hurting, when we've broken an arm or something like that. There's, there's a lot of confusion going on. And we have to ask why, and um, we have to think, yeah. is it me? Is it you? Is it somebody else that's caused all these problems? Well, let's consider this message, and um, the Lord knows. Hold on. All right, Liam, let me just get his attention. You are me. You right? Yeah, of course you are. Yay! You right, Liam? He's gonna go. Go on, mate. Wake up. All right, Liam. It'll be okay. It'll be okay. Won't ya? You all right? Yeah. Yay! How about that? Praise the Lord. <coughs> yeah. Take your jumper off. You're a bit uh, hot. Yeah. You want to take that off? Yeah. Come on in. Yeah. Go on. Yeah. Praise the Lord, eh? He'll take it off in a minute. We'll keep that door open. Oh, Let me just reset my pacemaker. You want to take your top off, Liam? It's getting a bit warm, all right? I'm getting hot too. I'd like to show off my T-shirt, but you might see a bit, a bit of bulging here, there and everywhere. So what I'm trying to say, there's a lot going on. There's, there's a lot going on around us, and you've noticed it. You'd be thinking, you know, what will happen next? What's going to happen next week, next month? Perhaps people, in general, have forgot God. Perhaps society, in general, has forgotten God. And therefore, there's, that we're on a roller coaster ride. Society, the world around us, is on a collision course. You know what that is, don't you? There's going to be a collision course with this world and the return of Jesus. You know, there'll be a, I'm coming ready or not. So the responsibility, what Dominic said was excellent about the Lord, this covenant that we have with God, God has done his part. You know, the thing what you said about Abraham 
having a covenant and God went through the thing. So God has done his part. But it's up to us to play our part. And, and when I say us, I mean the greater society. I know that the world doesn't want to believe in God. But it's up to them because they've got to give an account to God. So what I'm going to say is this. Hosea chapter 10 and verse 12. And I'm only going to read the one verse. Sow to yourselves in righteousness. Reap in mercy. Break up your fallow ground. For it is time to seek the Lord till he come and rain righteousness upon you. It is time to do what? Seek the Lord, someone said. And he's asking us, he's given us a command and he's telling us to do something. And do you know what it is? Break up your fallow ground. Just think about those things I've just said. Break up your fallow ground. For it is time to seek the Lord till he come and rain righteousness upon you. Father, we come before you in Jesus' name and we do pray that you help us to understand the word of the Lord and help us to apply it to our lives. Father, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So as you notice, my title is Break Up Your Fellow Ground and I've read this verse. What we have to be thankful for, I'm going to read a few other verses. Romans chapter 10 says this. Romans 10, here we are, 9.13. The gospel is the great commission. We have the gospel. The gospel makes salvation available to everybody, doesn't it? Not just us here. But here it says in Romans chapter 10, it says that if, if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart men believeth unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scriptures say, if whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. For there is no difference between the Jew, the Greek, the same Lord is Lord, is the same Lord is over all, is rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. We like that, don't we? Yes, we do. We like to be saved. We want to please the Lord and we're thankful that he has provided salvation for all of us that call upon his name. And he gave a responsibility to the disciples. The Great Commission was to send the disciples out into all the world. And it's also for us to follow in their footsteps as it says here go ye therefore and teach all nations baptizing them in the name of the father and the son and the holy ghost teaching them to observe all things whatsoever i have commanded you and lo i am with you always even until the end of the world amen, amen. so the gospel the gospel was preached by the early church. The gospel was preached by the apostles and they were faithful to the Lord Jesus Christ. He said to them, you shall be my witnesses. And they were his witnesses. They did exactly what he asked them to do. And obviously he told them he was going to come back. He didn't tell them when, but he did say he was coming back. And he said he was going to prepare a place for them and where he was, they could be with him too. Do you remember? 
you do. That's very good. So what did they do? After they heard these glorious words, these wonderful promises, what did they do? Shall I tell you? They turned the world upside down. That's what they did. They did what he asked them to do. And it says in the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 17, verse 6, it says it was reported that these men have turned the world upside down. What's happened? What's changed? Are we turning the world upside down ourselves? Well, not quite. But what I will say is this. We need to return. We need to go back. We need to look at those thrilling days. They were thrilling of the yesteryears of the Christian faith. We need to have a look at the revivals that have taken place. I'm sure you've heard there was what they call a Welsh revival. Yes? Ever heard of that? The Welsh revival? Do you know what? They reckon in the Welsh revival that the donkeys, there were donkeys working down in the mine. Yeah? They stopped working. The donkeys stopped working for the miners. Do you know why? Shall I tell you? Because the miners used to swear at the donkeys. They used to swear, and the donkeys knew what a swear word was. Right? As soon as the miners got saved, they stopped swearing. So they stopped using foul language. Well, the donkeys didn't understand their new holy language that they were speaking. So they stopped working. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? Praise the Lord. If those things could happen again, wouldn't that be wonderful? We need revival. We need it. It restores. It will restore our first love to Jesus Christ. That's what it will do. We will get back on track with the Lord and having a passion for the lost. That's what we would have. And Hosea was basically saying in his day, when we go back to Hosea, the prophet, break up your fallow ground. Oh, I've lost it. Come and come back to the Lord. There he is. Hosea chapter 10 and verse 12. Sow to yourselves in righteousness. Weep in mercy. Break up your fallow ground. It's as if the society in his day got complacent. And he was pleading with them, come on, do business with God. Get serious with God. Wake up. And I've got a question for you today. If you would permit me to ask you this question. And that is, what did Hosea really mean when he called to the people to break up their fallow ground. Well, I'm going to ask you some more questions. What is fallow ground? That's my first real heading. What is it? Well, fallow ground was once what you call productive ground. If you go out into the farm, into the country, and you go for a walk along the lanes and the the little public pathways, you will see land that has been ploughed up. The farmers have cultivated it and they're ready to sow their seed and they're ready for that seed to grow and they're ready to sort of um, reap a harvest next season, next summer. That's what they're willing to do. They're looking forward to that. But, yes, thank you, David. But you, get, you often see a field that has been neglected. You see a field that the farmer has just given up on that field. I remember the school that I went to, John F. Kennedy, and where the rugby pitch was, there used to be this cornfield around the back of the rugby pitch. And quite often you could look out the classroom window and you could see the farmer harvesting that annual crop. And then afterwards he would, he would burn the chaff I don't know if you're familiar with seeing those sights in the old days. But I do remember a time where he just neglected the field. And it became weeds and tares. And it, it was just a wild patch of land. And that is fallow ground. 
Once there had been abundant harvest from the soil, but now it was just weeds. It just become a wilderness. And Hosea could identify with the need to break up that ground, which would become fallow. You see, Israel, as a prophet and a teacher of the word of God in his day, he could look back over his shoulder and he could remember a better time when the people were holy, the people were serving the Lord, the people were organised, the people came out of Egypt, the, the, the Red Sea parted because the people were obedient unto the word of Moses. There was manna that came down from heaven. There was water that came out of the rock. They were glorious years. God was working with them. God was being with them. They repented of their moaning and their complaining when they saw the judgment of God fall upon the people of Israel. But time had moved on. Prophet had come, prophet had gone. Isaiah had been there and other prophets had come and gone. David had had his kingdom and time had moved on and the people, they got complacent. The people forgot the things that God had done in, with Moses and David. They forgot. They gave up to complacency. They forgot about the miracles. They forgot about the word of God. They just didn't believe it anymore. And if that can happen in Hosea's day, can it not happen in our day? I think people have forgotten today. So the prophet was sounding the word of God. He was sounding the alarm. Break up your fallow ground, individually and corporately. I can identify with what I see going on around me, going on in our society. Whatever is right, is wrong. Whatever is wrong, is right. Whatever is wicked, is good. Whatever is good, is wicked. Everything's upside down. I want to go to the men's toilet. I might go into, uh, I don't know whose toilet. You know, you, you, it should be men and ladies, shouldn't it? Well, someone told me they went into something else the other day. <laughs> Our society is upside down. Even churches, even churches are losing the plot. About a month ago, the Methodist church made a serious compromise and they were going to permit same-sex marriages and have them in their church. They, permit, they had a, a meeting, they had a committee meeting and they said, yeah, well, let, let Steve and Harry get married together in our churches, you know, and they passed that law. Well, they think they're doing the right thing, but God knows it's a bad move. It's a things. We could be judged. <laughs> we could be. We will be. There's no doubt about it. Even in churches, I have to say, and and I'm not here to make you uncomfortable. And if I am, sorry. But saints can sit in churches and they can soak up the word. They can fall asleep listening to the word of God. And at the same time, sinners are going to hell. Isn't it sad? But it's true, isn't it? Let me ask you another question. What does fallow ground produce? What does it produce? Well, that's a good thing to ask. Matthew, he says, Matthew 13, you do get ground that has thorns and thistles. Matthew 13 and verse 7. Some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprung up, and it choked them, 
it says verse 22 what does it say he also that receives seed among the thorns is he that heareth the word and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and he becomes unfruitful so it depends upon your lifestyle it depends upon what you value very much what you put first in your life you can spend your years coming to church hearing the word you could even spend time at home in your devotional time reading the bible having a quiet time but what you get up after that what you watch on the tv what you apply to your life if it's all worldly stuff it will choke the good word of god the seed that you sow that you want to reap a harvest a good seed those thorns and thistles will choke the word out of your life the cares of this world will choke god's word which is precious very precious this is what can save us this is what can help us to be fruitful in our life you read psalm number one and you see the difference between the righteous man and the wicked person because the righteous one he meditates upon this day and night and he's his uh, roots go down into the stream he's planted by a river you know you i'm sure you've read it it says here or uh, in my notes i've written this and it says it in the verse that the deceitfulness of riches which are they're wrong priorities it's what we have before us it's what our vision is it's what we live for you know if i live on this earth just to win the national lottery thinking that's going to change my lifestyle thinking that's going to make everything hunky-dory in my life and in Mayette's life if I think like that I've got it wrong I've got it wrong recently there was a story about a lady called Maggie Maggie won the lottery she won a lot of money she won tens of millions of pounds she won, she won like 27 million or 57 million it was a lot of money you know what she said it was the worst thing that ever happened to her can you believe it the deceitfulness of riches she gave most of it away because she didn't want it it was causing her misery everybody was after her maggie can you give us another 20 quid or 20 grand you know she said it was the worst thing that ever happened it stressed her out and the poor lady guess what happened to her she was dead by the time she was 56 very sad very very sad but yet if you go in the supermarket any day of the week preferably wednesday and a saturday the people are queuing up for their lottery ticket have you noticed that have you noticed it and you're in the queue and you're not interested in your lottery ticket or their lottery tickets you're there thinking hurry up i've got things to do i've got a prayer meeting to get to i've got a sermon to write i've got to get to work and there's someone oh can i have a lucky dip please a lucky dip we i'm talking about people in this world they idolize things they've taken their eyes off god they idolize ronaldo the best footballer player in the world has come to manchester united in his 30s ronaldo you remember him the good looking one with brill cream in his hair oh we love him it's a shame they've lost two games on the trot isn't it anyway but people idolize these characters they're totally dedicated to these particular characters and they're not dedicated to god the maker the creator of the heavens and the earth in the letter to the hebrews i want to read you something you take your eyes off god 
What does it say? The writer to the Hebrews says this, chapter 12, verse 12. Wherefore lift up the ha your hands, which hang down, and the feeble knees, and make straight paths for your feet, lest that which is lame be turned out of the way. But let it rather be healed. Follow peace with all men and holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. Looking diligently, lest any man fall of the grace, or fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. It's very interesting what he's saying. He's saying that if we don't keep focus on the Lord, on holiness, on the, the righteousness of God, if we don't follow after these things, we, we're subject to a root of bitterness getting into our lives. If we don't keep focus, if we don't keep looking ahead, if we don't start keep making straight paths for our feet, we're in danger of a root of bitterness growing up in us. I don't have to believe it, but it's true. It can happen. Christians come to church. They love singing, don't you? Sweet songs. Come on and celebrate His gift of love we will celebrate The Son of God who loved us It's a pleasant song to sing, isn't it, Janet? Yeah. I think so. But, but, if you've got a root of bitterness growing up in your heart and you're trying to sing that sweet, lovely song, what good is it to you? Get rid of the bitterness. Why am I saying it? It's because fallow ground, fallow ground can be in the heart of any one of us. Do you understand me? If we're not cultivating our relationship with Jesus, with, with, with having a holy walk with the Lord, we're becoming in our hearts, instead of a garden of Eden, his fallow ground. Very sad. And I'm saying these things to you and I'm hoping and I'm praying this isn't me. But the worst thing is as I've been writing this out I'm thinking this is me. This is me. This is, I'm preaching to myself. Lord have mercy on my soul. Bitterness to lurk in my heart, in your heart, even while we're trying to sing praises unto the Lord. The prophet knows. The prophet is looking around his society. And I, I was shocked. I was shocked. I've never spoken about this at all in my whole Christian life. But I've heard other people say, break up your fallow ground. I never knew what it really meant. I know what it means now. And I repent. Believers can come to church, can get upset, can get very easily offended. Oh, they don't make tea and coffee anymore. I'm off. I'm off. I'm going down to McDonald's where the other backslidden Christians are going to drink coffee or whatever, whatever. Some of us can be easily offended. And it can cause divisions. Some people, they give up so easily. I went to see someone the other day, a Christian, a mature Christian. And I can't believe it. It's like they've given up. They haven't cleaned their house for six months. Six months! You've given up after a month, haven't you? They, what I'm, and I don't want to say names and stuff like that, but you've got to get on with life. You've got to ask the Lord and say, Lord, help me. Lord, Lord, 
Well, he does. He says this. He says, they that wait on the Lord. If we would go and wait on the Lord, what will he do? I've read it twice. He will renew our strength. Hey, you won't be having a heart of bitterness if you're sitting at the feet of Jesus, will you? No, you won't. Fallow ground can be available to any one of us. Our hearts can become hard. You know, Jesus said there were four types of soil, didn't he? In that parable. The sower. Some seed fell on stony ground. Some on land with thorns and thistles. Some was good ground. And it produced a harvest, didn't it? Do you? <laughs> Shall I ask you this question? Do you want to produce a harvest in your life? You do, don't you? Well, if you want to produce a harvest, you've got to do some gardening. Haven't you? You've got to get the plough out. You've got to start raking. What's going on in your life? You've got to say, there's a lot of, there's a lot of concrete here. There's a lot of stones. There's a lot of, you know, stuff that's not needed in my heart. If you've got a heart that has got fallow ground in, I suspect you could become apathetic and lazy in your Christian walk. I'm suggesting it because it's true. It could happen to any one of us, even me. You know what? I started the year. I said, I could have read this book. It's a serious book. It's a real headbanger. It's a new, it's, a, it's about, it's a theological book, a new book on theological precepts, concepts, whatever. And I've read a third of it. And I thought, I'm doing well, I'm doing well. And it got more and more complicated. And guess what? I gave up. I gave up. I made a, I made a promise. I said, I'm going to read this book this year. And I've given up. Because it's hard work. It's hard work. But I ought to read it. I know I ought to read that book because it will help me in my outlook. It will help me in my, my preaching. It will help me in my walk with Jesus. And I gave up. What would you do? What would you do? Stay given up? Do I repent and get back to my book? To help me walk with the Lord and to help me preach a, a decent sermon. You want a decent sermon next week, don't you? Yeah. I better get it back out again, hadn't I? <sighs> Blow the dust off it. Shall I? Do you want me to? Yes. Okay. Thank you, Paul. I'll let you read it after me, all right? <laughs> You see, maybe I have become apathetic. Maybe I'm weak and I I'm give up too easily. I'm lazy. That's what it is. I'm lazy, Janet. I'm not lazy. I am. Don't you get words in my head. <laughs> there is a character in the book of Proverbs He's a bad character. I'm serious. Do you know what his name is? Mr. Slothful. Do you know who that is? It's Mr. Lazy. Mr. I can't be bothered. And he's in the book of Proverbs. He's slow. He's so slow, he can't even walk. He's so slow when he puts his hand in the dish to feed himself, guess what? He can't even get the food from the bowl to his mouth. That's terrible, isn't it? Yeah, it is terrible. Do you know what God says to him? Go to the ant, you sluggard. Eh? If we're all sluggards here today, I've got good news for you. Hey? Eh? Go to the ant. 
Canadian candy. Right? Is there one over there? Is that what we got to do? That's what God's asking us to do. When you see an ant, don't ever watch. Watch him. Watch what he does. He works hard. Like Jeffro with his A-levels. He's going to work hard. He's going to put his hand to the plough and not look back where he's going. Do you understand me? He's going to take things seriously. But sadly, the slothful Christian holds back when it comes to serving the Lord. That's what he does. He holds back. Let's go to Proverbs. In the middle of the Bible, after Psalms, Proverbs chapter 12. Let's see what he says. Twelve twenty-seven. The slothful man roasteth not that which he took in hunting, but the substance of a diligent man is precious. He can't be bothered to even cook that which he provides for himself. He finds excuses. Here we go. Go to chapter twenty-two. He finds excuses when there's jobs to be done. When you invite him to go out and do something, whether it's in mission or something like that, he says, chapter 2, chapter 22, and verse 13, The slothful man saith, there is a lion without. I shall be slain in the streets. He's not interested in getting involved. When Dominic says, come on, come on an outreach with me. And we say, yeah, all right, Dom, got other things to do. Are we scared because there's a lion in the street? Hey? Eh? The slothful Christian finds that their lives are, genuinely, they are unproductive. But we don't want to be like that, do we? You know, we hear this verse, we hear this story in the Bible. We hear this, this account where, where we've got to give account to the Lord and, he, and the Lord says this, he says, Well done, good and faithful servant. And yet we, we hear these words, they're words from Jesus, and we would like to hear these words at the end of our life when we go to meet him. But if we haven't bothered doing anything, if we haven't bothered getting involved, if we haven't bothered stirring up the gift that he's put within us and putting our talent into investment, if we haven't done anything, is he going to say those words? Well done, good and faithful servant. Hey, that's the words we want to hear, isn't it? Are we the sheep or the goats? Are we going to be on the right side or the left side? What will we be? I don't know. Can you remember? Can you remember being at school? It's the end of the year. And the, the, I think it's the teacher, your year tutor. He's giving out them brown envelopes, right? Everybody gets one. And guess what's in it? It's our school report. Remember. And I don't know if you opened it there and then or you took it home to your mum and dad. Yeah? And they opened it. And you're sweating away thinking, oh no man, I'm in trouble. I've been mucking around all year. Yeah? And then you read, they get the report out, they start reading it and it says this, could do better. It's repeated time after time by the maths teacher, the history teacher, the English teacher, the goes on, I could do better, because you didn't do good enough, right? We don't want to hear that, do we? If I'm telling you, oh, please, I'm, I'm sorry. But when I'm speaking to you, I'm telling you the honest truth, I'm preaching to myself, because I could do better. Hey? Am I speaking to the right people here this morning? Oh, I am. Thank you. I'm reassured, Liam. Bless you, bruv. My uh, next question is... 
Thank you. My next question is this. Here's a good one. I'm not beating you all up because there's a question here and it's for all of us, remember? How can fallow ground be broken up? That's a good question. Because if we're suffering with a heart that's full of weeds and thorns and briars and thistles, how can we deal with it? Well, look, I'm going to tell you. Fallow ground can be broken up by the plough of God's word. If we will meditate upon the word of God, if we will take it and apply it to our lives, guess what? The, one of the prophets says the word of God is like a hammer. It can break a rock. Another prophet says that the word of God is like a fire. It can do burn. It can burn stuff. You see? And it's like a plough. And then James says that the Bible is like a mirror. The, the perfect image of the law. And it, it helps us to see ourselves as we really are. The Word of God is able to enable us to see us as God sees us here and now. For example, like I said, in the parable of the talents, he's given all of us a talent and perhaps some of you, all of you maybe, you, you're putting it into practice. You're working at it. You're investing it. But one or two of us just might have buried it under the chair and thought, you know what, this is too much hard work. I think I'll bury it and just go through the motions. Come on and celebrate. If you buried it, time is still on our side. Hallelujah. God is on our side, time is on our side. So fallow ground, fallow ground, if it's in our lives, if it's in our hearts, it can be broken up. Remember the verse I read at the beginning, it was in the book of Revelation, chapter 2. Let's go back. Chapter 2, verse 4, says here, Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast left thy first love. That is the root of it. You lost your first love. You've left your first love. Then the thing to do is, verse 5, Remember therefore from whence thou art fallen, repent. That's what he says. And do the first things, the first works. Hey, can you do it? Do we need to repent? Is Jesus, lover of my soul, that we sang, is he your first love? Is he your first love today? You're the man, Liam. Said we wouldn't be here without him. <laughs> we have the op we got time on our and side. We are children. We got time on our side, and it's one o'clock. And if we have to repent to cultivate and to restore our first love with the Lord, guess what? We can do it. Yes, we can. I know what Nika would say. She'd say, yes, we can. We can do it. And so there's another way that that fallow ground can be broken up. And that is this. I'm finishing now. Humility. If we will humble ourselves, yes, and turn to the Lord. 2 Chronicles, you know that passage. 7.14, it says this. If my people which are called by my name, if they shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and, and heal their land. Heal their land. You know, we, we watch the news. We turn on the telly, we see the six o'clock news, 
We buy a newspaper, we read the headlines, all talking about global warming. It's talking about a forest fire. It's talking about a flood. It's talking about a volcanic eruption. It's talking about all these things and we're thinking the world's falling apart. Eh? Isn't that true? If people will heal, if humble themselves and come before the Lord and seek his face and pray, says he will heal our land. God's got the power to restore everything just like it was. He can do it. Praise the Lord. Can I ask two more questions? What will it take to break up the fallow ground? in your life what will it take only you know what the answer to that is if it's a fresh commitment if it's to offer up your body as a living sacrifice to the Lord and say Lord take me as I am eh? only you know the answer and it is within your grasp to say Lord I rededicate my Christian faith to you. You are my first love, my only love, and I want to work at this. You know, just as we're ending, I've been working in Bournemouth, down at the seaside, eating out, a fine dining restaurants, Mediterranean cuisine, on a Thursday evening, the meal was bought for me by John Palmer's, lovely jubbly and I knew I know in my heart my second love that's Mayette Jesus is my first love I knew she'd get upset knowing that I'm at the seaside in Bournemouth down at the beach I wasn't on the beach I was looking at the beach there were some people doing yoga Alright, anyway, the, the rain was coming in, I thought, I'm not staying here. But Mayette can quite easily be upset with me, thinking I'm going to the seaside every week. When I should be working, I could be fine dining in a Greek restaurant, which I was, but it was in the evening. But she can get upset, so what I do, when I come home, I've got to make a fuss at my dear wife. You know what I'm saying? Yes? I've got to make sure that she's my love. So I took her out to Five Guys for a burger and chips. It was her decision, actually. But they do nice chips and a nice burger. So my last question, brothers and sisters. My last question. Are you willing to pay the price for revival because if there is ever going to be a revival it has to start with you that's what it has to do it starts with you but in order to attain to a revival in our church or in our society or in our country in order to attain to that it starts fundamentally with you and you and you, every one of us are you willing to pay that price well like with Dominic when he helped me out the station but um, my, I'm let me close in prayer brother Liam alright let me close in prayer Lord Jesus we do pray to you we do thank you for all the things you've done for us we thank you that the word of God says that even even though yet while we were still sinners that Christ died for the ungodly and that was us you made up your mind you you made a decision you gave yourself wholeheartedly you held nothing back 
And for some reason, Lord, we hold back. I hold back. I get reluctant. I get slothful. I get blasé. I get complacent. I compromise. I do all these things and I let you down. And I pray to you, help me, help all of us consider what it would cost us. We want to renew our, our people renew their wedding vows, Lord. I don't know I don't know why, but they do it because they want to show each other that they love each other. After 10 years or 20 years or 50 years, they do it. And I pray that each and every one of us can renew our commitment to you. Whatever it costs, whatever it takes. I pray, Lord, that if we or any of us has buried a talent that you gave us, would you help us to dig it out and to to invest it, to put it into practice, to, to cultivate it, to make the most of it, and, and to see souls saved. That you, our God, our creator and maker, our saviour, that you can save other souls too. I pray this, Lord, that we and you can see revival, even in our day. I pray this, Lord, for all of us, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. We meet at Grove Hill Community Center at 11.30 p.m. in Hemel Hempstead. God bless you.